the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Don't know much about history, don't know much biology, don't know much about a science book, don't know much about the French I took, but I do know that I love you. education, a human right in America to which all of our people are entitled. Here we go. This means making public colleges, universities, and HBCUs tuition-free and debt-free by tripling the work-study programs, expanding Pell Grants, and other financial incentives. Just in, just in time Today, for back to school. We are entering a proposal which will allow every person in this country to get all of the education that they need to live out their dreams because they are Americans. Further, in the wealthiest country in the history of the world, it is simply not acceptable that our younger generation, through no fault of their own, will have a lower standard of living than their parents, more debt, lower wages, and less likelihood of owning their own homes. That is why this proposal completely eliminates student debt in this country and ends uh-huh. the absurdity <laughs> of sentencing an entire generation, the millennial generation, to a lifetime of debt for the crime of doing the right thing, and that is going out and getting a higher education. Wow. You know, it's absurd. He thinks that we're just going to wipe it out. We have one point, close to 1.6 right. trillion. It's absurd. And we have health care problem. We have all this other debt already. So we're just going to add that to the. But the thing is, Carrie, there, you, does everybody get it that the students aren't going to pay back 1.56 trillion? No, they'll trillion pay some dollars. of it back. It's it's I'm not sure going to get paid alone. back. Some um, of it will. You know, it's it's a complete government fiasco. Uh-huh. You know, when the government took over the student loan industry and, you know, it was in the Obama years and what they what mm. they said was going to happen. And now 10 years, maybe not quite 10 years later, uh, it's not exactly the way they laid it out. Hmm. And it's just one fiasco piled on top of another to where at the point of no return. You know, the colleges just continued raising the tuition. 
Um, Quite a the bit. More and more loans were, you know, and, and there was all these, there are all these different types of relief of loans, student loans, mm-hmm. right? Like the government one, if you go, you know, the, if you work for a government, you know, nonprofit, right. that, that's what you go away. The, 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 the income based, in other words, if you graduate and, and, but your income, you can't get a good job. Because you had, you know, the dance, you know, major instead of the engineering major. Right. And but you still have got $90,000 in debt, uh, student loan debt. So they base what you have to pay back on based on your income. Right. And, right. And so there's income based repayment. So that, that interest is just grow, building, right. building, building in the background. So, so actually the student after 10 years of paying the in, it, it has a bigger debt than when they graduated. Right. That's hmm. not a good solution. No. Um, you know, and so we'll talk a little bit about that because it is back to school season, right? Mm-hmm. And you may be dealing with your own student loan debt. You may be dealing with a recent graduate, son or daughter who has student loan debt. Mm-hmm. It may be a grandchild that you know has got a lot of student loan debt. And what is your solution? Should you just vote for Bernie Sanders in the 2020 election because he alone has, will have the power to say, I'm going to forgive all student loan debt? Well, OK, what is the price tag to do that? You might be voting for him, but you're going to shoot yourself in the foot because, you know, you talked about his tax proposals last week. It's going to cost you. So if uh, I get a better job, the government's just going to take it anyway. So I might as well not take a better job if uh, I'm just going to work harder to make more money for the government. So we'll talk about that. All right, get us started. Go All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10, and we're a financial educational talk program designed to give you helpful information, financial news that may be relevant, whether you're working or already in retirement. And we are sponsored by the estate planning team. The estate planning team is a fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm. What you think of as traditional financial planner numbers crunchers. We provide people objective, unbiased analysis with their financial decisions and build long-term plans so that people understand how short-term decisions have an impact on your financial future and your tax future and where that's headed and helping people use opportunities and avoid traps. And again, like I said, it's whether you're working or already in retirement, we are not investment advisors. Um, We look at assets in terms of how much risk you should take on tax efficiency um, and what growth rate is needed to make the plan work. And in fact, we either coordinate with our clients, existing investment advisors or our clients do their own investments. And we've been around more than 34 years in the greater Cleveland area. And our home office is in Middleburg Heights. We have locations around the greater Cleveland area. And we're also accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau and Super Super Service Award winners multiple years on Angie's list. Um, Our company does offer a free consultation so you can see if and how our process is different um, and what value and benefit we can provide to you. Like our plans are customized, we have hourly and retainer fees. And at the free consultation, we actually do some preliminary analysis so we can say this is what we can do for you. Um, um, These are the benefits of using our services. These are opportunities you may be missing out on or potential problems you're headed for that you may not be aware of. Or sometimes people come in, they're worried about something, and the thing that they're worried about really isn't an issue, but they have something else. And you do, it's that you don't know what you don't know. And um, I'm also going to be talking today about our fall planning classes, Back to School. Um, they are posted on the website. So if you want a consultation or want to check out our classes, you can call 440 239 
2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So back to school care. So here's some ads right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys shirts 4.99. Hey, guys and gals jeans 4.99. Okay. Um, gals denim jackets 4.99. Mm-hmm. Corduroy jeans. Oh, I'm sorry, Carrie. I'm reading from 1976. But you know what? You can still find good deals. Yeah, on it. Yeah. yeah. So how you know this is a this is an ad from 19 Levitate. You probably don't remember the store Levitation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I certainly do. Um, and so. They had a fun article in the paper. They were showing back mm-hmm. the back to school ads. So I don't know jeans. Can you get a pair of jeans for five bucks yeah. today? Go to a th- like my daughter. She'll go to thrift stores or once in a while they're they're like closeout stores. She'll find stuff and deals. So, so used, yes. used or you're saying she does thrift right. stores or she's found new places right. that are like closeout stuff. She's there's some stores around the Cleveland area that well, she'll go with friends and like everything in the store. They're brand new tags from other stores right. that have overflowed that are like. Four bucks, five bucks. So, so it's just another. Yeah. I think it's just another. You know, test tube of America where uh-huh. you've got two classes, right? You know, and you hear that JC Penney's going to start selling used clothing. No, isn't that interesting? That is because um, I've shopped at J- and I've never seen uh, used. But uh, but you know, but certainly there is also you know a lot of discussion about the worth of a college education anymore in this country, right? Right, and really. Should you be, uh, you know, there's other, I've seen articles about, which I agree with, is are you going to school for a major that's even employable? Right. As a reality, if you're paying 30, 20, 30, 40,000 a year for a degree where a job's going to pay that maybe annual salary or you could do something else, is it worth it? So, you have to look at the return of investment. Right. Especially if you plan on taking out loans, right? Right. To get that degree. Okay. Um, you know, and a lot of bad news or headlines, right? Um, you know, w- women owe billions um, more than men on student loans. Mm. Did you know that? Um, Is it because of the majors? Well, I, I, I'm just, I don't know. You know, you have $100,000 in student loans. Should you save for retirement or pay off debt? Hmm. Um, there's just some of the headlines. Um, yeah, you know. I'd like to know, is that, yeah, because of maybe choices of major? Because you think about the STEM programs are dying for women. Like, right. there's scholarships, there's all kinds of money for people, women who want to go in the STEM program. Well, you know, they say that this year, Carrie 2019, will probably be the um, the tipping or the first time where, um, you know, it'll actually there'll be more women graduating than men. Hmm. Okay, um, you know, and that's an that's a new phenomenon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, yeah, and also it, it's the same thing about the overall labor force. Okay, um, you know, women make up only forty six point six percent of the overall labor force at the turn of the century. You know, two thousand, um, they first reached forty five percent of the college educated labor force. So, so. It, you know, it, it, so now, in other words, it's saying that the the women, the college, you know, late you know, the jobs are now, you know, the women are getting, you know, back, but they're still saying they're not making as much mm-hmm. as the men. There's still that gap, you know, that mm-hmm. gender gap between men and women. But they, it's interesting. They say right now the gap is wider the higher education level you go. 
Okay. Meaning that, you know, if you don't have a high school diploma or if a high school diploma or if you have some college or you've got college graduate or an advanced college degree. So they say the gap widens as you go up that scale. But a lot of people are saying that if, if women start you know having a majority of those advanced degrees then they'll you know will they naturally catch up um so you know kind of going that but the but the headlines you know uh here's another one i couldn't afford to pay my student loans then i received a warrant for my arrest Hmm. um that's a little extreme for many seniors student debt eats into social security that's Mm. a new right that's new it's it's see it's the the baby boomers are going into retirement with their own student loan debt you know, that, that's a reflection, a lot of what happened in the 2008 financial meltdown, because there were so many unemployed, uh, you know, baby boomers mm-hmm. that they had to go in, and back to school to get retrained in something that was employable, and they took out student loans to do it. But at least they hear that that was the key word there, employable. Like, you need to have a major and do your homework. I know it's something you love, but you also have to do something that's employable. Right. So student loans are now the second largest category of household debt in America, 1.5 trillion. It's getting closer to 1.6 as of the last uh, hour. And the first, of course, I think is the mortgages, right? Um, Then come uh, auto loans. And then I think credit cards. Um, One million borrowers default on their federal loans every year, Carrie. Hmm. Um, By 2023, projections nearly 40% of borrowers are expected to default on their loans. Um, the average student loan debt in 2019 graduate, 31172 Okay, that's lower than I thought. Um, that's pretty high. That's lower than I thought overall, though, honestly. The, 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 really? Okay. Um, average monthly payment, about $393. Okay. Um, time to pay off the loan, 10 to 30 years. Um and, you know, there's so you, you heard Bernie Sanders at the beginning of the show and, you know, his plan that he wants to eliminate all student loan debt. Right. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. Bernie certainly can't do that on his own, even if he became president. I mean, I don't know in a divided Congress that that would ever get passed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they keep throwing that out there, you know, <laughs> How many people are going to believe that it's a reality? And I mean, vote, how many people man, are? How isn't many, it about votes? It really doesn't matter what's real or when you when they do those talk to people, and it doesn't really matter if it sounds good, whether it's a feasible or plausible. It doesn't matter. It sounds good. Somebody's going to make my debt go away. But do, do you think that there are any students out there or parents of students that are thinking, "Hmm, maybe in a few years that debt's going to go away"? Yeah. Um, should you be planning on that? Mm, I think it's better to plan for the worst, hope for the best. Um, you know, the um, the Wall Street Journal had an opinion article that just blasted the whole government student loan scam. They call it a scam. Right? Oh, good. Um, and it's really, it, it is. I mean, it, it's just, if you see what happened, it, you know, and again, the writer of the article is just saying that, the magnitude of the federal budget losses uh, in this whole program is becoming clearer. All right. Um, more Americans are defaulting on their student loans and government budget gnomes have vastly underestimated the future taxpayer charge. See, we are on the hook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, basically, um, severely delinquent loans 
have soared since 2012 and are now 35% of severe derogatories, you know, more than credit cards, auto loans, and mortgages. So the, 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 the people are defaulting on the student loans first. And, and, and partly they were saying because, you know, if you, if you default on your mortgage or your auto loan care, you get repoed, right? Right. And if you default, if you miss a credit card payment, you get those nasty, you know, uh, interest rate increases, right? There's what's the harm? If you've already graduated, what's the harm if you default on your student loan? What are they, oh, are they going to come arrest you having a warrant for take, your arrest? Take your degree away? Um, um, Maybe uh, they need to like forego if people like a payment plan with very low interest rate or something where they're get, still getting the funds back. But About 10% of the $1.5 trillion federal student loan portfolio is 30 days or more past due. Okay, Another 20% is in deferment or forbearance, and about 30% is in the income-based repayment plans, remember, that allow you know most borrowers to cap monthly payments. It's only at like 10% of discretionary income, and then discharge the remaining balance after 20 years of, um, you know, you know um, and then it's the 10-year for the public service. See, see, they have all these incentives out there. Right. And, but- and they realize everyone's going to use those, and, and, the, and the, the government's never going to get repaid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Congress created these nifty plans in 2012, you know, for new borrowers, um, but then the Obama administration expanded them retroactively to reduce defaults. Um, okay. Um, this, you know, what, you know, the Wall Street opinion says may be the biggest accounting fraud in history. Okay. Um, the CBO was rating this plan, right, Carrie, back in 2010. And the CBO at the time forecast that eliminating private lenders would save taxpayers $58 billion over 10 years. Sounds How? sounds good to me. It does. I, who cares? The CBO said it. Right. Obama said, "Yeah, let's do it." Yeah, I think somebody on the okay. CBO made um, a mistake. The estimates was pure fantasy, and we now are seeing how much. <laughs> so CBO didn't do their job very good. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Um, government student loan portfolio has since doubled, while severely delinquent loans have, uh, pi- you know, uh, de- you know, have, and they're saying even in the good economy. Um, you know, that the, the delinquent loans have just spiraled. So they said, you know, and not only, even with a good economy, there, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a runaway train. Right. Okay. Um, many income-based repayment plans aren't repaying principal, so their balances are growing as they accrue more interest. Um, by 2012, a majority of new borrowers had bigger balances after two years of making payments. So even the, the kid that's making the payments based on income-based, he's not getting anywhere because his debt is just getting larger. Okay. Um, yet during the Obama years, CBO scored student loans as a government profit center by underestimating the growth in income-based repayment plans. CBO has slowly scaled back its 10-year revenue projections, Gary. Huh. Okay. Um, um, for student loans to a $31.4 billion government cost. Oh, well, that's a big swing. Okay. Do you mean maybe they didn't mean savings? They meant cost and somebody like... Typed in the wrong word or filled well, in the wrong blank. Initially, when they said the fifty-eight billion savings, yeah, did somebody maybe made a mistake, a typo? Because now it's like it's not even in the ballpark. Okay. Um, okay. Um, let's see. CBO now projects uh, it's going to get a little bit larger. Carrie, the um, you know the thirty-one 
billion. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what they project over the next ten what? years? Three hundred and seven billion dollars. So that's a long way from fifty-eight billion in savings. Now it's going to cost. You see, it. This is what's the solution? It's a, bl- a huge issue. Okay. Um, all right. I think these um, schools should not make people take classes if they know what they want to do. Not take those worthless electives, which some of them are, honestly. You know, un- yeah, I mean. <laughs> take the core classes or, or the, if you know what you want. Do the schools have some responsibility here, Yes. Um, you know. Um, well, look at the rising tuition. That's gone up considerably. The, um, but it's not only the the the, the default carry the the cost for the government to run the program is um, exceeding uh, budget estimates a little bit. See, isn't that a great example of the government doesn't okay. do things um, better than private sector? Okay, so the government is uh, hard to believe, Carrie, but the government is spending more to administer student loans than the Obama administration forecasted. <laughs> okay. This is in, a major fiasco. In 2010, the government spent, ready, $800 million on administrative costs. That was in 2010, Carrie. Okay. Um, which the CBO had projected would increase to $1.2 billion by 2019. Okay. Um, you know what the overhead tab this year was, Carrie? What? $2.9 billion. So, how are they so over budget? What is going on? You think somebody's making some money on this deal? Yeah, I think um, somebody is. Um, let's see. Um, so it's it's you know I I can't go on. Anymore, and I was going to say, and this wasn't under Trump. This was under Obama. I, I just can't go on anymore. It's you know yeah. because it's well, just d- too are depressing. Are you going to mention what Trump did this week though for well, ve- disabled veterans? Go ahead, Carrie. You know, I was going to say okay. yeah for disabled veterans. He signed a bill that was going to forgive disabled veterans. Their student loans. Right. And, you know, the thing is, that's great. That is great. But it's already there. I mean, in other words, I, I wasn't it the deal that it was already the, the rule, the law. It's just that they made it so difficult for disabled vets to get through the paperwork right. and the process. Right. So so that's how that's how you know, that's about as much if if if, if, if you can't get bipartisan support to help disabled vets get rid of their student loans. Our country's in trouble. Is that the best we can do? That's sad. I mean, you know, why wasn't that done 10 right. years ago? That's what I'm saying. We have we have these issues that need to be addressed, and it's it's not about that anymore. Um, so, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the student loan debt problem and, and how, you know, and, and if you want, are you if maybe your plan is you want to keep out of that spiraling, you know, uh, decline, or you want to keep your children out of that fiasco, or perhaps you want to help your grandchildren from falling into that trap. Um, if you think that it, the government it, the, the the government loan wasn't the solution, I think we're all in agreement at this point, mm-hmm. right? Um, the schools have been no help. I mean, quite honestly, why is Harvard charging tuition for anyone with you know a, a thirty-eight billion dollar endowment? They take what two thousand students. I mean, why are they charging tuition at all? You know, right, um, and there's a lot of schools like that. They and, don't have. I yeah. mean, and why aren't these schools? You know, and, and some schools are trying to do it. You know, some. You know, but I think the I think the private sector may d- deal with this. I don't know if we can call schools private sector or not, Gary. But I mean, I, the government doesn't have the solution. 
No. Um, their solution, I think, failed. Miserable. Um, I mean, failed. Um, That's being kind. So when? So I think when there's, is, yes. there's, their solution actually made the problem worse. Um, now, you know, I'm not here to argue or you know say is a college degree worth it or not. That's between you and your students um, and your children or what have you. Um, there's still statistics that say, on average, over a lifetime career, college graduates make more than non-college right. graduates. Um, you know, as a general rule, not right. specific individual cases, of course. But it, the idea is, uh, you know, if if the instant, you know, when are the schools going to step up and deal with this issue? When are the corporations going to step up and deal with this issue? Um, and you know, when is the, uh, you know, and and so this, you know, isn't the only solution is a presidential candidate who is promising if you vote for him, he will have all student debt forgiven. Right. Well, there's no easy answer, but a lot of people in the planning process want to address this for their kids or grandkids. And there's multiple solutions to address funding of education and helping people out. Um, through maybe gifts or, or other matters. And the estate planning team, we look at all the financial issues that can impact your financial life um, and different stages of people's lives. And again, we've been doing this more than 34 years. We offer a free consultation. Remember, planning can benefit estates of many sizes. It really is a combination of what you have in place already, what you're trying to accomplish, and then we can let you know if and how we may be able to help you. And that free consultation, remember, is free, no pressure. We only recommend our services if you um, can benefit. We want clients to want to work with us. We have a maintenance program that we have clients coming back and adjusting the plan. And I know, Mark, you're going to talk about those alternative plans. I mean, planning is a start, but you have to periodically update and adjust. I know people are worried about a market, um, things going on in the market. So we're going to talk about that today. Um, But again, take advantage of the free consultation. See how we're different. You can also come to our fall planning classes. We have an IRA and Roth or IRA tax qualified asset and Roth class on September 17th at three o'clock in Middleburg Heights. Then on October 2nd at six o'clock in Independence, we have our class for people retired or thinking about retirement. Both classes incorporate tax law changes and other financial news. So if you want to register for the classes, come for a consultation, check out our podcast, call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've we've got, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, are still worried about an economic downturn. And, and you know, whether you call it a, a bear market crash or a lot of talk today about uh, when is the next U.S. recession going to hit, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we've seen things that have sp- you know, spiked the uh, volatility in the market, certainly. Um, you know, the inverted yield curve and the, you know, China trade war and the global, you know, European slowdown. You know, Germany certainly has is having its problems. They're saying Germany's on the brink of recession. You still have Brexit going on, which is, you know, causing a lot of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could go on and on. A lot of headwinds, right? Um, and so how do you protect yourself against all these things? Because these things, quite honestly, are beyond your control. Um, you know, in other words, we can't control right. what, what the market does today or tomorrow or what Trump 
you know, if he successfully negotiates a trade deal with China or if we're going to have a hard Brexit. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, so the idea, though, what are, you know, that's a state planning team. What are the three recommendations that we continually, you know, remind our clients or tell our new clients coming to see us? That you know that you can do that can protect yourself for the next economic downturn, Carrie. Right, and by the way, timing the market isn't one of them. Right, because that's pretty hard to do. Because mm-hmm. you got to be right twice. You got to get out at the right day, and you got to get back in on the right day. And good luck with that. Right, and they they said human emotions and and that survival instinct. I was reading an article make people make quick emotional reactions that cause them to not make good decisions, whether they're in and out of the market. Right. And, you know, you've heard the old adage, it's not um, timing the market, it's time in the market, right? Because, uh, you know, being out of the market on those days that the market comes back is what lowers your your your, your ability to come back, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why it's very difficult. So what are some other ways than not trying to time the market um, well, the first one is rebalancing, right? In other words, mm-hmm. are you taking on more risk than what you need to be okay? In other words, by having a formal financial written plan, it's based on a rate of return that makes your plan work, but not a whole lot above that. In other words, right. you know, if your plan works based on a 5% or a 4% or a 6% rate of return, do you really want to take on the risk of getting an 8 or 9% return when maybe you don't need that much to make your plan work? Okay. Well, um, a lot of people don't know because they don't have a process to know what growth rate they need. Right. That's the idea of you know not having a written formal financial plan, right? Um, now, the, the second thing, so rebalancing, because the other thing that's happened in this great bull run, the longest bull run in market history, um, perhaps your equity allocation has gotten higher than what you'd like it to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and, and let's say you're trying to have a 60-40 portfolio. Well, don't look now, but maybe your equity portion has gotten you up to north of 60, maybe north of 70. Right. Mm-hmm. So the idea is, are you rebalancing? Are you taking those gains, um, locking in those gains and getting back to your risk tolerance level? Right. Or, you know, what, what your plan is based on. Now, if you're using a professional investment advisor, chances are they are doing that already. Um, but if you don't know whether or not they're doing it or if you know they're not doing it, um, then ask them right. about that strategy. Right. Um, so, you know, re- that's all part of rebalancing and not taking on more risk than what you need to be OK. OK. Um, the second recommendation is to have an adequate cash reserve. OK. So that's where, you know, the idea that you've got enough in a liquid you know, position that's not you know, subject to any market volatility, whether it be from stock market or bond market, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it doesn't mean a fixed annuity that, that you've got a five-year uh, surrender period on it, mm-hmm. right? And it also doesn't mean if you just put money into a two-year CD. Those are all laddering techniques that maybe don't have, have principal protection, but that's not liquid that I'm talking about, right? So we're back to very short-term liquid positions. Um, and, you know, and and the idea is, do you have enough in there to um, to cover your spending gap needs for the next year, year and a half, depending on how cautious or you know conservative you want to go? 
Meaning that, and what do I mean by a spending gap, Carrie? Well, everybody has a spending gap. Well, not everybody, I should say, but no, you know, but it, you know, but most people have. A, in, in other words, especially in retirement. I was going right? to say, while working, it may not be yeah. as much. So, of a, kind of in retirement. See, when you're working, you know, sometimes you you, you know you're talking about emergency fund being six months of take home wages, right. right? Because, but but let's talk about retirement where you know you're, you're you know the wages are done. But so that spending gap need is is the difference between your true expenses. And on an annual basis, less what fixed retirement income is coming in, whether that be pensions or Social Security. Right. And the difference, the gap, you know, that, that you have to cover your expenses is going to come out of your nest egg. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, and and maybe, you know, the idea is saying, well, if you don't know what your gap is, that see, that's where we have to start. That's why having a written form of financial plan shows you that, you know, we do annual cash flows for our clients. So in any one year, not only do we have a, a, a longevity plan going, right, we also spend a lot, you know, more time on a current cash flow. Um, you know, we're really, you know, how much are you really planning on spending this year, right, or over the next 12 months, let's say, and where is the money going to come from, All right? Um, now, the other benefit, that, by the way, is because if you get good at, at, at um, identifying your cash flow needs, Carrie, you can get good at tax planning, mm-hmm. okay? Um, now, but, but back to the, the idea, so the spending gap is that difference between where you're saying, okay, this is how much I'm going to have to pull out of my investments in the next six months or 12 months, 18 months, however you know, comfortable you want to be, right? Well, the idea is if you've got that sitting in a cash reserve, that gives you the flexibility. In other words, over the next 12 months, if we do have an economic downturn, right, you have the flexibility to say, I'm not going to sell my stocks low. It also means that you're not going to cancel your trip to Hawaii. Right. You know, if the idea is saying that you're going to you have the flexibility to say, I'm going to use my cash reserve you know, for that, you know, expense, and I'm going to leave time for my stocks to come back, mm-hmm. right? So because a lot of people do carry in making those knee-jerk reactions when they see, you know, when they think that the, the other shoe is falling is they sell their stocks low, what every investment advisor tells you not to do. Right. Now, by the way, they're no longer getting the dividends that those stocks were paying. Right. Okay. So you, have you calculated That's that? Add insult to injury. Okay. Um, and, you know, and now you've locked in the loss. Okay. Um, and, you know, and now, you know, or the other knee-jerk reaction is you cancel the trip to Hawaii. Okay, Um, you tighten your belt and say, "Uh oh, we're, you know, mac and cheese for the next six months, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but but that's coming from not having a a formal plan that says, you know, can you weather the next economic downturn? Mm -hmm. Right. So that leads to my third recommendation. Right. And, you know, the third recommendation is build your plan R. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in other words, you may have your plan A financial plan going that says, you know, if if everything goes well and we never have another, you know, U.S. recession and um, there's never going to be any more wars and the trade and Trump's going to and China are going to come up with a great trade deal in the next 30 days. And I could go on and on. Right. Um, and I'm never going to have any, you know, curveballs uh, life thrown at me. Um, all right. That, you know, but. Plan ours when you take off the rose-colored glasses and say, uh, just for fun, what happens if we do have an economic downturn in the next two to three years? Mm-hmm. Okay. Especially it's important if in the next two to three years you were planning on a major life-changing event. Could be retirement. Could be a spouse's retirement. Could be a new home purchase. 
um, a second home purchase, perhaps could be a major trip, a bucket list trip, you know, the trip to Hawaii. It could be helping your grandchildren pay off their student loans, um, whatever. Or, you know, the idea is, um, you know, you know, you you want to know that even if we have an economic downturn, could you still afford to do those things and not run out of money before life? You know, that's what's hard to, you know, you know, uh, calculate in your head how, you know, if you're, you know, it's, it's hard enough to run, you know, a, a cash flow for the next 30 years in your head. Right, Gary. But it's even especially hard. You're saying, well, how does that plan still work if there's an economic downturn in the next two to three years? So, you know, what the plan R does, it's again, it's not to scare our, you know, you to say, oh, the world, you know, the sky is falling. No, it's the exact opposite. What we're trying to show you is that you can weather the next economic downturn. Now, if you can't weather, if you can't weather the next, because right. the robot won't lie. The, the no, ro- that's that objective. No feelings. It's right. just numbers. Um, the robot will come if the robot says, "Ah, uh, you know, be, if you if if you now depending on how bad you tell the robot the economic downturn is, or, you know, based on how much you have in the market, let's say. But you know, that's another discussion. But let's say in that event that the the the, the new Plan R scenario comes back and says, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, you know, you you, you know, we, in Plan A, your money was lasting to age ninety five, but under Plan R, uh, uh-uh, uh." It's only lasting to 92 mm-hmm. or 85 or not. You know, in other words, is that are you still in the ballpark or are you saying, ah, I better tighten my belt? Mm-hmm. But at least it's not sneaking up on you. See, the idea is that if we have a U.S. recession, let's say in 2021, OK, it doesn't necessarily mean it's affecting your your, your financial life is over. On 2021. Right. It, it would barely affect your life. That you know. Now, it, the idea is that somehow it affects the longevity of your plan. So that's what we want the model to project. You know, how, the, uh, uh, how a current event, you know, uh, de- you know determines what the future is going to be. See, we think today too many, you know, baby boomers are making short-term decisions, right, without any way of judging the long-term effect. So, so that's what the modeling, the financial modeling is, is to design for. It's to play these what if scenarios. And I know, you know, all models are wrong. You know, I get that. But you know what, Carrie? Some are useful. Right. And those are the ways we can help people that are worried about things and how they may impact your financial life, especially if you're coming up under retirement or you're in retirement and want to know, does it affect the spending I want to do or the things that I'm worried about or financial disruptors? Remember the estate planning team? been helping people more than 34 years. We offer the free consultation. Come in. We'll run your numbers if you provide. We'll do a preliminary analysis, show you where you're headed and what opportunities, potential problems without pressure. Um, If you're working and busy, we do have some early morning and evening availability for those free consultations. about an hour, hour and a half of your time. And we can do consultations by phone if you want to know if it's worth your while. And also come out to our fall planning classes that we have scheduled. Um, The first one is if you have IRAs, company plans, or similar assets, we're talking about rules, costly mistakes, and misconceptions that people have who own these assets and why so many people unnecessarily overpay in taxes. 
the minimum required distribution tax trap. There's a lot of confusion on Roth IRAs and the difference between conversions and contributions and tax law changes and how there may be steps if you own these assets that you want to take this year that can minimize future taxes. So, and each tax year stands alone. So make sure you register Tuesday, September 17th, three o'clock in Middleburg Heights. Then on October 2nd at six o'clock in Independence is our evening class for people who are retired or thinking about their future retirement, talking about issues that impact your lifestyle, concerns about rising healthcare costs, inflation, future tax increases, market volatility, retirement rules that you often hear about that are misused, misunderstood, and much more. And you can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com or call the office at 440-239-2090. I also want to mention our website if you want to hear about, we did a series on Roth IRAs the last few weeks. If you go to financialfoodforthought.com, click on podcast, it'll take you to the link where you can hear previous shows and topics that we've covered. All right, and listen to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 34 years. And we do it one plan, one family at a time. And uh, Carrie, certainly over those decades, we've built a lot of college funding plans for our clients. Mm -hmm. And and you say, oh, Mark, how the heck do you do that? Well, again, that's part, that's just one of the ways that, you know, you use models to project, you know, over a long period of time. And, you know, you build this in so that, you know, a college funding schedule becomes part of your overall plan A, mm-hmm. right? Um, whether it's for you or your children, or you may be doing it for your grandchildren. We have a lot of grandparents as clients who are in their plan, they are budgeting to help with their grandchildren's college education, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, um, and you know, you can do it yourself, right? You can go to the DIY articles, you know, the, uh, you know, I call that the, you know, do it yourself internet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and here's, but the problem is what you see out on the internet, sometimes that's for the masses, right? You're in Ohio, right? So sometimes we've got to, you know, bring things back to an Ohio perspective. And that's certainly true when we look at the cost of a public college education, because the Midwest, carry by far is the most expensive public colleges in America. Wow. I mean, it's double the cost of, See, let's say, California. See, that doesn't make sense. Why is that? Um, uh, because we pay it. Um, but the, um, you know, and, be, you know, because the government's funding it all, right? So No, we're funding it as taxpayers, right? Um, now, um, so, you know, the idea is, so here's an article, and it's talking about, um, again, you know, with the 1.6 trillion and in, in, you know, quite almost there in, in loan debt, what's going on? Um, uh, according to College Board data, um, the average all-in cost, you know, tuition fees, room and board, you know, for a public four-year college uh, in-state student status um, is about ten thousand two thirty. Now, okay. Carrie, that's what I mean. Because I had just, you know, recently I, I told you that, you know, Ohio State, you know, just released their numbers. Mm-hmm. And that number that isn't 10,000, Carrie, it's 23,000. Mm-hmm. Right? So double. Right? Okay. So that's why, you know, you've got to, you know, if you're reading, you've got to, you know, adjust the numbers for your own circumstance. Right. 
And what they say here in this article, and, and this is now, you know, one thing we love to do on the radio show is spreadsheets, Carrie, right? Okay. Because they work so well on the radio. But, um, but basically what, what this article was saying is that if you took that cost, you know, 10230 which is the cost of a public college education today, and assume a 3% cost of you know, inflation, they're saying that's what the average has been over recent 10 years, about 3%. Now, by the way, Carrie, we're a little more conservative at the state planning team because we've been using five. Right. Okay. But, you know, that has come down in recent years. Uh, maybe this, maybe the, the schools are finally getting the, 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 the uh, drift here, right? Um, that they just can't in- be increasing the cost. Just because. At 5% or more a year, right? Um, now, all right. So if you, if you look at that, all right. Um, so they're saying, let's say you wanted to. Fund, you know, let's say your 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 student or your grandchild, or whatever, has got fifteen years before they go into college. Okay. okay? Um, and so you're going to take the ten thousand two hundred thirty dollar cost today, with three percent inflation. In fifteen years, the freshman year is going to cost fifteen thousand nine thirty eight. Okay. So what the article said was, what would you have to put in a lump sum in year one? If it was growing at now, here's where you gotta, you know, they use six percent. Right? They use six percent. Okay. If your lump sum, you know, deposit or, or investment or your, you know, that you put in the college fund in year one was growing six percent, how much would that have to be in order to pay out the four years in fifteen years? Okay. Mm-hmm. Now we can't do that math in our heads, Carrie. Right? I cannot. Okay. The answer is twenty five thousand four ninety three. All right. And so if you put 25,493, it's growing at 6% a year for 15 years without any economic downturns by the way in that 15 years, uh, you'd be able to afford that current cost of a, you know, four-year public education. But again, not in Ohio. Um, right? Now, but just for fun, what happens if you say, "Well, Mark, I think 6% is a little aggressive. What if I can only get 5?" Okay. Okay. Um, then you well, got to put in a little more. About five thousand more. Karen. Okay. Okay. So you'd have to put in about thirty thousand. Okay. Okay. Well, what if you said, "Well, Mark, I'm not even sure about five. What if four? Then more than thirty-five, I would guess. About thirty-five. Okay. So, so now we like so now of... we've run enough, right? right? So based on this scenario, exactly, Carrie, we could say that you know, based on a three percent cost of limit, you know, inflation, right. Fifteen-year funding period, um, you know, four years of college, okay. For every percentage point on a rate of return is about $5,000, more or less, on what you'd have to deposit. Right. Okay. But not in Ohio, right, Gary? Because in Ohio, it doesn't cost 10000 a year. Uh, Ohio State tells us it costs $23,792 okay. a year. Okay. So now, how does my numbers shake up? Mm, right. Got to put a lot more. Okay. Um, well, now at 6%, okay, let's start there. What was the number before, Carrie? It was twenty five thousand. So. Okay, at at Ohio State's cost, or you know, it's going to be sixty two thousand. The lump sum. The lump sum. Okay, that's mm-hmm. at six percent. That's a big. Well, at maybe five, you'll say you need to rethink which schools you go to well, or move five, out of state. At five percent. <laughs> okay, it's seventy two thousand seven fifty. Okay. Do you want me to give you four percent? Sure. Okay, at four percent. 
80? It's 85,200. Okay. It's even getting wider, right? So so you can see, well, that five, yeah, and that makes sense. Kind of like it was 5,000 based on a $10,000 a year. Right. It's about 10,000 difference for every percentage point right. rate of return on a 20,000. You know, it's, it's somewhat linear. Okay. So, you know, I, I know a lot of people are saying, well, Mark, well, you know, I don't have, you know, 72,000 right. to put into a lump sum, right? Um, so I want to do it over time. So this is where you have right. to customize it, right, Gary? So if you're saying, well, I'm not going to try to lump sum it right now, I've got 21 years to do it. Let's say I, I'm going to start when my baby is born. Okay. And I'm going to fund it while they're in school. Okay. Right. So now I'm not going to stop when they get, become a freshman. I'm going to keep funding it for the four years they're, they're in school. So I've got 21 years to fund it. Okay. All right. But you need to know how much I need to put away each year. Right. And so let's go. But I'm also, though, Ohio State said it's about a 3.3% cost of living increase, a little bit higher than the national average of three. So not only tuition's higher, the so growth rate. So I'll use higher. Ohio State's 3.3%. I'll use the current cost, 23792 I've got 21 years to fund it. I'm going to assume a 5% rate of return. And, you know, Carrie, can you do that math in your head? No. Are you sure? Usually, okay. Actually, it's about five thousand two hundred thirty dollars a year. That sounds a lot better to swallow than seventy-two thousand lump sum, doesn't mm-hmm. it? But you know, you know, that's still you know five thousand a year um, ongoing. But a lot of people are saying, "Well, Mark, you know, I don't have five. I'm just having, I'm a new parent. I don't have five thousand a year." Okay. So let's say uh, you didn't start when your baby was born or when your grandchild was born. Right, because you had daycare costs or... Okay, and let's say, but now the kid's turning 12 years old and you think, hey, I think she's college material. So now I'm going to get serious. So now, though, my time frame is shortened, how how long I can invest, right? Because now if I'm going to fund it through her age 21, I've got about 10 years to fund it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so same thing. If I take today's cost, you know, with the same inflation factor, at five percent rate of return, but I only have ten years to fund it. Okay, now I'm going to have to put ten thousand four hundred in a year. Okay. Um, now, but you say, but Mark, my investment guy is telling me I can get you six percent. Okay. So you're thinking, well. At five percent earnings, I have to put ten thousand four hundred. I'm sure at six, I'll be able to put a lot less in, right? A little bit. Well, I think a lot less if you're starting later. I mean, a uh, lot. You're very yeah, exactly, Carrie. Because now you, you now get, you lost time. You, you don't the have time the time value, value, of, value money. of money working. So now, actually, by taking on that much more risk to get a six percent rate of return, the ten thousand four hundred annual bogey drops to ten thousand sixty. Hmm. Not maybe as big as difference as you thought. Okay. Um, so that's why, you know, you always hear the idea that it's the, it's, you know, the longer time you've got, you know, the better chance you have to do that. Um, and it's, you know, the, the thing about this is you run these scenarios to get an idea. You know, in other words, if, if, you know, if you, I don't know how you just, you know, if you're really serious about saying, I want to build a college fund either for my children or my grandchildren, 
you know, you have to crunch the numbers, right? So you have to get some idea of, you know, identifying where are you in the ballpark or how much you can actually commit to doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, when I said this, it just gets folded into your plan. So it's just the idea of saying you want to see how this is affecting your overall plan, right? Right. And the idea is you build it in, but now the schedules are built. So if it's running too rich or, you know, you can continue to adjust it. Right. That's the power of financial planning. It's not that it's just another good example that, first of all, get a long range projection of, you know, before you make a a knee jerk reaction and just promise your kids that you're going to pay for your grandchildren's college education. Right. Um, Right. Maybe you want to pay for half. Maybe, you know, maybe you don't want to do whatever. The nice thing is you can adjust it and customize it. Right. And, you know, and and that's what we really try to get across is the idea that says, okay, um, I've I want to do it on paper first, you know, to see if I'm in the ballpark of making it work. But it's also saying you get a little bit of appreciation of what you've heard your whole lifetime is the power of compounding interest over time. Right. And those are things the estate planning team can help with. You can call and schedule a free consultation is about your issues, your numbers, or you can come to our planning classes, which are about planning strategies and concepts and rules and get a better understanding and handle on these issues. We have September 17th at three o'clock in Middleburg Heights is the IRA tax qualified and Roth class. And October 2nd at six o'clock in Independence is the retirement planning class. Remember, they're free to attend. You can call 440-239-239. 2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, Carrie, only got a minute. You got a, uh, we're doing the POTUS. All right. Uh, you got one? That text? The tax, these are, don't yeah, listen to pick. the presidential candidates because by the president by himself doesn't have the power to change tax yeah, law. Yeah, but I'm going to pick Joe Biden since Joe he's been Biden. in the news. Okay. Slow well, Joe? He, he's he has this platform that's going to cost $1.7 trillion dollars called the clean energy lever revolution to bring u.s greenhouse gas emissions to net zero by 2050 <laughs> he supports free community college up to two years he incre- increases the tax tax rate um tax rate he wants to eliminate the step up in basis for inherited capital well, assets ah. uh subject also security to payroll taxes not the 132 cap increased capital gains rates from the top rate of 20% to 40% and provide a $5,000 tax credit to defray costs for family caregivers, which wow. that one's not a bad one, but the rest of it, cost, cost, cost. It's going to be an interesting year, 2020. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.